Cause you cut how I'm cut two. Come through, just us two. I like it cause you cut how I'm cut two. Hey, she wanna put the wool. Six figures, you might be out your league. Can you buy that? Buy that? I pull up on the top, going on the dawn. I'm the dawn. You can fuck around if you want, if you want. Out in Bali, big swing, big dress, big nigga, make a big mess. Before we done, she asks, What we going through it next? Next, or what if the seats in the jet? She like all that gangsta. Top down, riding round with the blit. Who you with? Who? She like all that gangsta. I said, She like all that gangsta. She wanna fuck with the rules. You to the candy shop. candy shop, show you all I got. I put diamonds on your chain to match your diamond ring. I'm on my two. Hate all the love, it's me and you. Let's turn her in. She said she love you. Them two gon' pull triggers. I was fine when I met you. Then I you. Then I left you. Cause your feel the same. And I don't got time to waste. She wanna. Thank you for joining us for another great show. Uh, welcome, welcome. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk NBA news, uh, WNBA. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what has took place so far to the, you know, at the early point of the season. Uh, we're going to recap Game 6 and Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Talk a little bit of NFL, what's going on with latest news with the NFL. Uh, also at 6.30, 6.30 p.m., 
my guy, Vonnie, uh, my former co-host when I was just a podcast, well, just a radio show uh, and podcast a couple years ago. A friend of mine from Winston-Salem State will be joining the show. Uh, he's a big Heat fan. So we're going to tap into uh, what's been going on uh, with the uh, last series and what the keys to the uh, series is for the NBA Finals. Uh, so without further ado, let's jump into it. We're starting off with NBA news. You have Eric Lewis, former NFL, uh, well not former, he's still a current NBA referee. Uh, he's in the news and it's not for a good reason. They said that he has a burner account on Twitter. Um, so per ESPN article on May 28th, it says the NBA has opened an investigation into longtime referee Eric Lewis involving a Twitter account that responded to numerous posts on league officiating and defended Lewis and other NBA referees. So uh, the account is in question with which has been since deleted and it was under a username Blair Cutliff. So, yeah, that, that's sketchy. It seems like he might be connected to that account. And, uh, you know, if we, find, if we find out that he is, of course, he'll be uh, in a lot of trouble with the NBA. So we've had some coaching moves over the weekend since our last show. Uh, you had Nick Nurse. Many of you all know Nick Nurse is the former Toronto Raptors coach. Uh, he won a coach of the year. You know, he's looked at as one of the better coaches in the league. And uh, he was fired from Toronto this uh, offseason. And uh, as I thought, he was not on the market long. He got he got snatched right up by the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, he's going to be their next head coach. And I like that move because I think Nick Nurse is an upgrade over Doc Rivers. Um, I think that you needed a new voice in that locker room. Uh, you'll have him around, you know, coaching a guy like Joel Embiid, guy like James Harden, if he does stay, uh, Tyrese Maxey. Uh, so you have some talent and you have some pieces that he can work around. Uh, I like that move a lot for the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm interested in seeing what else they do uh, this offseason because they still have some – a lot of question marks when it comes to that team um, and what they're going to look like going forward. Like I said, will James Harden be a Sixer uh, next year or will he go to Houston, uh, which has been a lot of rumors about going back to Houston. Uh, I've said on many occasions if I were the Rockets, I wouldn't even want James Harden back. You know, he just he's not a fit with that group, and he's not a guy that you, you can't even look at him and say, okay, well, we're bringing a guy in that's been there and done that. And is a great leader. I don't look at James Harden as a leader, so I don't know what value he'll really bring to that young locker room. It's just not a move I would make. But nevertheless, I do like that move again for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Nick Nurse, I believe, is one of the better coaches in the game. And I think he's going to be uh, good for Joel B, like I said, and Tyrese Massey especially. So we had another coaching move take place. Uh over the weekend, which was A.J. Griffin. A.J. Griffin is the father of uh, Hawks guard. He's now going to be the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. So he's heading down there with uh, Giannis, potentially Drew Holiday, uh, Chris Middleton if he comes back. I don't know if he's going to be back. Uh, 
So I like I like that move as well. I think that he, uh, I think he can bring some positivity to that locker room. Uh, they had just soured out when it comes to Coach uh, Bud. I think that uh, AJ Griffin uh, can be come in and help, you know, take Giannis's game to the next level because that's one thing that's going to be pivotal. I think Giannis is still can be argued as the best player in the game, but I think. His overall skill set needs to be improved upon. Uh, it was showcased in the playoffs this year that he, you know, he's just going to have to learn how to shoot the ball at a higher level uh, from the three-point line, from the free throw line. Uh, and he's going to have to, you know, just become a more dependable player. Uh, so I think a guy like Adrian Griffin uh, will serve as a positive for that locker room. You know, you get a new voice. You get a guy who's paid his debts. You know, he's been an assistant coach for some years. Um, and, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what that uh, pairing will look like. So we had some news come down the pine today uh, in Golden State. Uh, on tonight, well, earlier today, we had the Golden State GM and executive, uh, Bob Myers. He stepped down. That was a little bit of a surprise to me. Uh, but they had said over the last few weeks that he was considering his future. So I guess it shouldn't have been that much of a shot. Because normally when you hear somebody saying that, uh, you know, then potentially stepping away is an option. Uh, but Golden State had a great run with Myers as the GM and the president. Uh, four championships. You know, you really can't beat that. And so I'm a... Uh, I'm wishing Bob Myers the best of, uh, I don't want to say luck, but best of success uh, going forward uh, in whatever he decides to do. Uh, I think that's a position that the Golden State is now going to have to take a little bit of time to, uh, you know, fill the fill the void. You don't want to rush into a, a GM because that's a very important position when it comes to a basketball program, any sports program. Uh, yeah, I think that that's... That's not a move that Golden State Warriors should be happy about because I believe that he was a very instrumental in their success. So again, Golden State is now going to be on the look for a GM. And we'll have to see where they end up landing when it comes to that. So now let's recap Game 6. When we left here uh, last week, Game 6 and Game 7 had not been played. We had some uh, great matchups take place over the weekend. Uh, it looked like the Celtics were going to make a extreme comeback in that series and come back from three to zero, uh, but Miami said no. So let's look at Game Six now. Uh, we're gonna break down a little bit of what happened uh, in Game Six. So game six, Boston won by one point, by a score of 104 to 103. Um, I guess we'll start off with Boston being that they were the winners of the game. So that was a game that Malcolm Brogdon did miss uh, due to his uh, arm injury. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon was never the same in that series after he got hurt. Uh, he just he missed a couple games, and then even in game seven, which we'll talk about in a moment, just was not the same. So his um, lack of production really hurt that team. But in game six, Jason Tatum had a 
pretty strong game uh, scoring-wise. Uh, he had 31 points, 12 rebounds, and 5 assists. Shot the ball poorly, uh, 8 of 22, which was the story of the series pretty much for him. Uh, 0 of 8 from 3, which is, to me, too many attempts. If you're not making threes, you need to do something else. Attempting 8 threes and missing all of them is unacceptable. It's not really a recipe for winning, but they did squeak out a one-point game, a one-point win. Um, in that game, Marcus Smart gave you some production offensively, scoring 21 points, uh, 7 of 15 shooting. Jalen Brown actually played well in that game. He had uh, 26 points on 9 of 16 shooting. But he was 0 of 4 from 3. And that was a problem for Boston in this series. We got to talk about that. I don't understand with a team like Boston, and you have two wing players and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown who are capable of beating you in the mid-range game, capable of getting to the rack, why they continue to jack up so many threes. They were awful in game six, and they were able to win a one-point game off of Derek White, game winner. Uh, so I just don't get why you're shooting so many threes if you're not making them. In that game, they were 7 of 35 as a team. Marcus Smart was 4 of 11. Everybody outside of him. Actually, Marcus Smart and Derek White were 7 of 18 from 3 uh, in that game. And everybody else were 0 of 17. I mean, that's, a, that's normally going to get you beat. So they were very fortunate to come out of that game with a win. Uh, let's talk about that, that game winner. That, that Derek White game winner. It was crazy. It really was crazy. Uh, he got the shot off with about 0.1, 0.2 left on the clock. It was a lot of people that thought it was not good when it originally happened. I, however, did think he got it off, you know, because I was looking for the shot and the time uh, at the same time. So, Derek Wright, like I said, he got off a game-winning uh, put-back layup and allowed the Celtics to live to fight another day. Robert Williams had 10 points and 7 rebounds in just 17 minutes, so that's great production. Um, and that was pretty much the Boston side of the court. Uh, you know, they were fortunate, like I said, just fortunate to win that game, escape, and get to a game 7. From the Miami side in game 6, Jimmy Butler was terrible. Played 47 minutes, had 24 points on 5 of 21 shooter. Uh, he was just 2 or 4 from 3 which was not bad, actually, 2 of 4 from 3. That means he was 3 of 17 from 2s, which is hard to do. Um, he had 11 rebounds, 8 assists, which is good, but you just need him to score at a higher level. Caleb Martin has been an unsung hero for the Miami, hero for the Miami Heat. Without him, there's no way they're playing in the NBA Finals on Thursday. Uh, in this series, he was special. Uh, in that game, 6 game, he had 21 points, 15 rebounds. And just, you know, that's just dominance. That's the kind of production you normally get from a, a, a seven-footer. Anytime you're talking about grabbing 15 rebounds and you're only about 6-6, six, six, that's impressive. Uh, Bam Adebayo was awful in game six as well. Uh, just four of 16 from the floor. Uh, 13 rebounds, five assists. But in the, in the end, 11 points just won't get it done on most occasions. And in that game, it didn't. Uh... Gabe Williams was, was okay from three, but he was awful on two, shooting just three of 12 from two. That won't get it done. 
It's to the point now that Kevin Love is not even playing for the Miami Heat. Um, I just think his defense is so bad that they don't trust him to be able to step on the floor and, and make enough shots and grab enough rebounds to negate the liability that he is on the defensive end. What else do we have to talk about when it comes to game six? The Miami Heat, uh, Kyle Lowry. I, I said this years ago when they signed him that that was a terrible signing. Um, not because he's an awful player, which at this point in his career, he's not very good at all. But at that point, he was okay. He was a solid player. But anytime you're talking about giving somebody that's 35, I think he was at the time, uh, $30 million a year, and they're a six, feet, six foot tall point guard, that's just not a smart business decision. And uh, I've been thoroughly disappointed with Kyle Lowry in the playoffs. Um, you're fortunate to be heading to the finals with the way that he's played consistently. Um, Duncan Robinson is somebody that I got to get some praise and some credit to. He's uh, gotten back into the rotation in the postseason last round or two, and he's really uh, gave Miami some production. Uh, in that game six game that they won, where they lost by one, he was uh, 13 points and he made three threes. So that's pretty all you can ask for Duncan Robinson. Um, is to make shots because he's a guy that if he's not making shots, you can't play him because he's not a playmaker and he's not a defensive player. But that was game six. Like I said, Boston was able to win that game uh, by one, force a game seven. Uh, game seven was crazy. Took place on last night. And uh, so let's go ahead and jump into it. Game seven, what took place? Wow. So... I got to be honest, as a Heat fan, I did not think the Miami Heat had much of a chance. I think for most of the uh, days leading up to the game, they were favorite. Boston was favorite by eight to eight and a half points. Yesterday, it got bet down to seven. Um, and like I said, I think at game time, at tip-off, it was a, it was a seven-point game. Um, but it was just... There's a lot of expectation, a lot of anticipation heading up into that game. So, we're at game time. Game starts. Jason Tatum, the best player on the Celtics, I believe the best player in the series. Sure enough, he rolls his ankle on the very first play of the game. Now, I, I, was, I was just dumbfounded, man, because it's like I know how important health is in sports. You know, it can literally change lives. It can change careers. We've seen athletes uh, that look like they were going to be Hall of Famers and they have one injury and it's just over. And the next two years later, they're out the league. So in that game, when he rolled his ankle, I was hoping that he was okay. Uh, he, he stayed in the game, of course. I mean, it's a game seven, so of course you're going to stay in and see what you can do. But to me, it was just evident from the jump after that happened, especially – a few minutes after, once that it started to swell up a little bit, and you know, the adrenaline is wearing down some, he just was not himself. Uh, in the post-game pressure, he he made the comment that he was a shell of himself, and I agree with that because if you look at Jason Tatum, he's a guy that's normally aggressive. Uh, the ball is normally in his hands. He's playmaking. He's scoring, and he just was passive last night. Once that injury happened, you saw him standing in the corner a lot. You know, he didn't look like he wanted to be involved in the action. And so that was very unfortunate for the Boston Celtics that he got hurt. I believe it changed that game 1,000%. Uh, 
because we've seen what Tatum could do. He's a guy that could get you 40 or 50 points in a big game. And from that moment, he just was very pedestrian. Uh, he finished with a stat line of 14 points, 11 rebounds, and 4 assists. Uh, but there was no impact. When you look at Jalen Brown, I got to talk about Jalen Brown next. Boston Celtics have a decision to make. Are you going to pay Jalen Brown $290 million uh, a max extension? My answer would be no. I think Jalen Brown is a, a gifted scorer. Um, he could do a little bit of everything offensively, but I don't think he's a good enough three-point shooter that I want to invest in. I mean, in the playoffs, he was awful from three. Um, his handle was terrible. I, I just don't know what he's doing in the offseason when it comes to that. Uh, you're making that kind of money that he's already making. I think he makes about 25 to 30 right now per year. Uh, it's evident that he either does not have a full-time trainer or his trainer, he probably needs another one. Because Jalen Brown's handle has not gotten any better since he's been in the league. I mean, sometimes you look at him, he's an absolute disaster dribbling the ball. Uh, he's tripping over his own feet. He loses it a lot. It's just, it's just bad. I mean, I, I can't really think of a lot of superstar, or not even superstar, star players, somebody of his caliber that have that kind of deficiency uh, in their game when it comes to their handle. So he's got to work on that. He really does have to get in the lab, figure that out. And that three-point shot, you can't shoot the ball as poorly as he did, not just for one or two games, but for the entire playoffs, the entire season. Um, it was just a disaster. Game seven was an absolute disaster for Jalen Brown. He had 19 points uh, on eight of 19, eight of 23 shooting, excuse me. Uh, he was just one of nine from three. He had five assists, eight rebounds, and this is the worst stat of the night. Eight turnovers. Jalen Brown had eight turnovers. And you're not going to win when somebody is turning the ball over that clip. So very disappointing, Jalen Brown. And that was a game where you needed him to step it up because you saw that Jalen, that Jason Tatum was compromised uh, from the jump. Uh, and that was going to be a night where you needed one of those 35 to 40 point games from uh, Jalen Brown for them to have a chance. And he just did not do it. Like I said, Malcolm Brogdon did return in this game. However, he was not himself at all. He looked awful. Uh, they only played him seven minutes as a result. And he uh, was 0 of 3 from the floor, 0 of 2 from 3, and uh, scored 0 points. So, he gave you nothing. Uh, and I, I just think that Malcolm Brogdon is, I think he's a very solid player, but it was evident that he was rushing back, just trying to play, trying to give it a go because it was a game 7. Uh, he just was not healthy at all. Uh, there's also been rumors today that Robert Williams was dealing with an illness. Uh, now, I'm going to say that's true, but we know it seems like to pile on once they lose. Uh, you know, they come up with anything. So we're going to go with that. But they're saying that Robert Williams had to throw up, uh, like, in between timeouts and stuff like that. He was feeling under the weather. Uh, so I don't know, but... In the end, none of that matters now. This series is over. Um, Boston was very disappointing. I think that they were clearly the better, the better team than the Miami Heat. They were the healthier team. When you look at Miami, you had a 20-point score in Tyler Hero out. You had your uh, one of your rotational bench pieces in Victor Oladipo, who was out. 
you also had Gabe Vincent who was compromised. So when you look at this, the Boston Celtics should have easily won this series, and it's just a it's not a good look that they lost um, Joe Mazzula, the head coach. I am not a fan of. I don't think he's a good coach at all. I know that he's a and this is his first year, but at the end of the day, I'm, if it's my franchise, I'm not trying to have a coach grow under me. Come back to me once you've grown, once you're ready. Uh, if you want to be an assistant on my staff to learn some things, we can do that. But you're not going to be my head coach, and I'm not going to give you a wiggle room and just say, well, oh, it was only his first year. Uh, because these are these are meaningful and powerful years in the career of Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, if they do decide to keep him. Uh you know, in your mid-20s, you're not going to be able to get these years back. So you can't waste them on a head coach that does not know what he's doing. And I personally don't believe that he does. Um, but I don't think that they're going to fire Missoula because he's, like I said, in the first year of his deal. Um, and it'll be a situation where you have to pay a guy to go home. And a lot of times, teams don't want to do that, especially when you're talking about two, three, four years left on a contract. You know, that's that's asking a lot. So, Boston, like I said, very disappointing series for them. Um, it's really that simple. I think that on paper, nobody gave much of a chance to the Miami Heat. Actually, I think they were predicted to have a 3% chance by a lot of people to win the series. And we know how low 3% is. So, it was it was just an eye-opener uh, when it comes to that team. I would try to get rid of, like I said, Jalen Brown. I would sign and trade him. Um... See if you can get a package for some more talent. Um, Marcus Smart, Derek Wright, Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon. I'm not bringing all three of them back, so I got a decision to make. Uh, maybe one, maybe one to two of those guys I would keep. Definitely not all three. Or uh, Al Horford. It's time for him to go off into the sunset to retire, fill out the paperwork, whatever you got to do. It's time for him to let it go. Uh, Robert Williams, I'm just not sure that he's going to ever be what you thought he could be because he's dealt with so many lower body injuries and it seemed like it's, it's robbed him of his explosiveness. Um, Grant Williams off the bench for them, I think he's a guy that's a solid player. I really do, but I think he's going to want to leave because there were weeks at a time or games at a time that they didn't play him at all. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of shakeup, in my opinion, going down in Boston uh, over the offseason when it comes to your roster and your personnel. So we'll just have to see what takes place with that. We're now going to listen to a song uh, before we have a special guest, Avani, coming on to talk a little bit about what took place in the Eastern Conference Finals and also preview the uh, NBA Finals. So we'll be back after the song. You're now tuned in to 105 Live. Hip-hop and R&B lives right, 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 right here. I'm back and it's up, PSA. I'm too flick to take off all my shit at TSA. I know we met today, but I'ma need that shit today. Might go extra, extra just so I can see they face. X's and O's and interchange. Hit three in a row, that's just a game. Rings in a row, all down my fingers. I can't even hold my baggage claim.
Like my own rims, every time we chat, I'm sis, saying sis, this ain't time Too drank, too close, rolled up, I'm insanely down, slowed up She do my don't inflame me, now go nuts I keep flame right by my guts, it was out, but now it's stuck No back home, it probably was like nah I'm back, and it's up, PSA too flick to take off all my shit at TSA I know we met today, but I'ma need that shit today Might go extra, extra just so I can see they face X's and O's and interchange Hit three in a row, that's just a game Big rings in a row, all down my fingers I can't even hold my baggage claim Tuned in to 105 Live. Hip hop and RB lives right, 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 right here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. So, joining the show now, we have a good friend of mine uh, from Winston-Salem State. Used to be a co host of mine for the show. Uh, Savani, how you doing today? Yes, sir. I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, so, yeah, let's jump into it. I don't want to hold you too long. So, game six. We're going to talk game six first. Uh, what were some of your thoughts on that? The Miami Heat did lose that game by a score of 104 to 103. And just to set the precedent for those who don't know, Vonnie is a huge Miami Heat fan, as I am. So, of course, he wasn't happy about that. So, what were your thoughts on that game? So, I'll go through the first three quarters. Um, shout out to Caleb, Max, um, Duncan, you feel me, Gabe, they, they did what they had to do. You feel me? The others showed up. Quarters one through three, though, I was questioning where Bam, well, one through four, I was questioning where Bam was, and one through three, I was questioning where Jimmy was all game. Um, other than that, man, like, because, like, I, I saw the game six as this is the game where I need a 40 to 50 point game from Jimmy Butler. Like, I needed a Hemi Butler performance. That's how I felt coming into it. Because everybody, all, all, like, the outside people, they're like, how you feeling, man? 3-2, like, back in Miami. I'm like, this is the game Jimmy Butler gives me 45 to 50 points. But that was not the case. 
He didn't show up to the fourth quarter, but he showed up when we needed it most. Unfortunately, due to, you know, I don't know what kind of defensive setting they were in in the last those last three seconds, we lost by a Derek White tipping, which is not something I had circled on my bingo card for this postseason run, but it's okay. You know, it's all good, man. Game six, I, I feel like them losing game six instilled the flame in them that they knew, like a sense of urgency that they knew was like, all right, we do not want to be on the wrong side of history. And as we saw how game seven turned out, hey, them boys is not on the wrong side of history. Yeah, man, I, I think that a lot of what you said is true. Jimmy was a no-show um, in game six. I've already talked about that on here. Um, when it comes to the putback, people don't realize that in a time situation like that, you have to guard that inbounder. You just can't ignore yeah. that inbounder the way that they did. And, you know, it's not like it was 1.5 seconds left. It was enough time for him to be able to pass it in. And the only, and the only thing for him to do at that point is to do what he did is to crash the rim in case there's a miss. You know, crash to the goal. And so he did the right thing. Uh, it was just an unfortunate defensive play, uh, blunder. Um, and so let me ask you this. When it went up, when the shot went up and he missed it, did you think he got it off in time? Um, did Derek White get it off in time? Yeah, when you first looked at it on live, did you think – well, I don't know if you saw it live. I assume you did. Did you think he got it oh, off yeah. in time? Yeah, I saw a lot, but I did not think he got it off in time. I was very surprised that the ref was able to set count it as good without even having to go review it. Like, you can see the ref say it counts as good, like, and he'd even go over to the review table. So that kind of, I, I, I thought I thought he I thought he didn't get off, but, hey, man, he, he got it. When they slowed it down in the replay, I was like, dang, yeah. he really got that off in time. Dang. Yeah, and I thought, I when I watched it, I thought he got it off in time. So I just wanted to get your perspective on that because there was a lot okay. of people that agreed with you. But I, and see, the thing about me, though, I was watching, I was literally looking at him and the clock at the same time. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Uh, so now let's transition and talk game seven. Uh, if you have nothing else to say about game six. Yeah, no, nah, okay. just games. Well, I can say this after the buzzer beater for game six. I was um I was quiet for about 20 30 minutes man like I was just in such disbelief that that actually happened like I couldn't even um sorry somebody had came into the office real quick but um I was just in such disbelief man like like I said I sat there 20 30 minutes quiet and I just couldn't I couldn't say nothing like I tried to play my Xbox and play some 2K you know let my anger out you know go play the Celtics and, and beat them by 50 to 100 points but I couldn't even do that, man. Like, I had to turn off the game. Like, I just sat there in silence. Like, I was in such disbelief and hurt because I just knew Jimmy stole the game. Like, Jimmy stole game six by getting that foul um, when Al Horford fouled him for the three-pointer. So, just still, like, I'm just glad we, we won game seven. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, man, it was a trip. It really was. Um, So, game seven, like we said, it took place last night. Uh, the Miami Heat won by a score of 103 to 84. Uh, I'm going to lay the, the groundwork a little bit before I get your thoughts. Uh, Jason Tatum, first player of the game, hurt. Ankle rolled. He's clearly not himself. You know, I don't care what anybody says. You know, and see, this is what we do. People that don't, that aren't fans of certain people, they want to say, well, no, you got to play through it. But then I see them same fans saying for their favorite player that, you know, they were hurt. It was it was evident. See, if you watch enough hoops and you watch Jason Tatum, it was evident that he was not himself because he was just standing in the corner. 
the ball and the offense was not running through him. And so, you know, that's one of the unfortunate things about it. I'm a Heat fan, so I'm, I'm happy that they won. But I want to see, you know, both teams healthy. Um, so, with that being said, what were your thoughts on Game 7 and, and you know, ultimately the, in, the outcome? Um, the fact that, like you said, you you want to you want to face a team like the Celtics. You want to beat a team like the Celtics when they're at their best, because people are gonna come up with the most excuses and this and that, yada yada. We hear it all. We hear it every day, pretty much. Um, but all in all, man, like my my thoughts on Game Seven, bro, is just like it just shows you like how like the the amount of heart that this team has, the grit. You know what I mean? The um. Just the, the amount of effort and like the legit geek culture, like it's a for real culture thing. Like people think it's just a social media gimmick. Like it's just a, like it's just a gimmick. Like oh no, they're not really like that. Like anybody who doesn't pay attention to NBA like sports like on a regular basis think the heat culture is a facade. It's not real. No, that thing is real. Okay, because what we saw from Caleb Martin yesterday, what we uh, again the others, the others stepped up when it came to Game Six and Seven. Um, Caleb Martin, man, was was outstanding. I, I will forever preach and forever scream. We got the better twin. I'm forever thankful for the Charlotte Hornet organization for making the biggest mistake and letting that man go. Because guess what? He came to the right team. Shout out J. Cole for connect, connecting connecting us with him. Because man, 26 points from him, and then you got Jim. You got the 28 from Jimmy. Jimmy showed up yesterday. I'm gonna say that for sure. Jimmy was aggressive on the offensive end, which was needed. Um, so I'm definitely grateful for that. But I'm going to flip to to Boston side, man. I'm disappointed in Jalen Brown. I'm disappointed in Jalen Brown. It was his time to step up with Tatum going down with that injury. The, literally the first offensive possession for them. Like, that was time for him to step up and show, like, put, pretty much put the naysayers to, to hush. But with that, he just gave the naysayers more ammo. He can't dribble. He can't shoot eight turnovers. He had eight turnovers. The Miami Heat had seven turnovers. And this is going into the second half of the game. So, hey, shout out to my Heat boys. The, the grit, the grind, the hard work. Hard work. Clearly, as we see, we always say hard work beats talent. Guess what? We saw it happen last night on full display last night. Hard work. The hard work in Miami Heat beat the much talented. The more talented, the more deeper Boston Celtic team, man. So, hey, shout out to my boys, man. They get the job done. Yeah, man, there's a couple points I want to uh, piggyback off that you said. Caleb Martin, he was phenomenal, averaged 19.2 points per game in the series. I posted about that. Um, when it comes to Cody, his brother, I actually saw both of them at a big three game uh, years ago, actually, when I got a chance to meet Ice Cube. Just throw that out there. But uh, both of them were at that game. And I think with Cody, we don't know who's the better twin, really, because Cody wasn't on the floor last year. I mean, this year. I mean, he... He got hurt. I don't know what happened to him. It's something with his knee, I think. And um, so you never really got a chance to see him. Um, what point? Jalen Brown. Yeah, I, I talked about Jalen Brown earlier before you got on. It was it was just an atrocity. Um, it really showed the weaknesses in his game. You know, like the yeah. three point shooting, the handle. I've been talking about the handle for weeks. I mean, you can pull my tweet. It's just awful. I mean, just you don't even barely have. To do, it don't even have to be great defense, and he falling. No. I just... Mm. Yeah, it's bad. I don't know what I... Yeah, I don't know what I was watching because, man, that was, he cannot handle the ball for... And what's crazy is he brings the ball up too sometimes for them in their offense. So it's like you have a lot of trust in the guy who really, like, turns the ball over a lot. 
Yeah, and that's because they, he's not. Uh, they don't. They still don't have a true point guard. I think Malcolm Brogdon was able to be that, uh, but he was coming off the bench. And so you still have Derek White start, and you have uh, Marcus Smart, who are ne- neither one of them are point guards. They're just not. So it makes you, uh, you know, want to run the offense with Brown and Tatum sometimes. Uh, I said it, man. If they could figure out a way to get a Tyus Jones, a, a true orchestrator of the offense. I think that would be a great pickup for them. Um, but, yeah, Jalen Brown was terrible, man. It's nowhere in the world if I'm the Celtics, I'm giving him that $290 million, uh max extension. It's just not going to happen. Um, so, Boston's got a lot of decisions to make. They got to go back to the drawing board. Um, I've already talked about Miami, what they've done. Uh, it was impressive uh, to find a way to win that game seven. And so, now, uh, let's talk the NBA Finals before you have to go. Um... So just give me just give me what you think the keys to the game series are going to be for Miami. What must what must they do on the Miami side of the ball and uh, when it talks about when you're talking about defensively to have a chance to prevail and be the NBA champions. First, get out that zone. You're gonna get the demol- We are gonna get blown out the water if we run zone against Denver. Okay, they are too talent. They are too talented and too deep of a team. Um, to run that zone against them. And then, Joke, you got the Joker, man, right there. Oh, my gosh, he's just going to kill us if we run zone. What we need for what we need is to step up, and we need him to do some soul searching in these next, what, we got two days. So he got two days. Bam, Adebayo. Idris, you need to do some soul searching because the Joker will, you're you going to look like a uh, diminished role player, okay? If you, if you go out the way you was playing half the time against the Celtics, we need aggression from Bam from game one to whenever the series is over like we need him aggression on both ends of the floor at that too because defensively he's got to stay disciplined because joker's going to kill him with the fakes a pump here a fake pass here like and we all we both know joker is a three level scorer so he's going to have to he's going to have to tighten up i know and i i love bam's defense but he's just going to have to lock in and be disciplined the whole series not just one game not just half a quarter not just two quarters the whole series, like he has to be locked in because he this series, Jimmy's really gonna like I said, this Denver team is really deep and they're really talented. So Jimmy's really gonna need like this is the series where the stars have to show. So Jimmy and Bam, Bam per se, you he's gonna have to take that step up. Like he's gonna have to be that Robin, like they want him to be. Not not a daggone, you know, bottom of the tier sidekick. No, he needs to be that legit solidified Robin. To Jimmy's to Jimmy's Batman because we know Jimmy gonna show up on both sides of the floor. Um, I know Jimmy hurt his ankle a little bit last night, but I think I think he can play through it. I think he'll be fine. Um, the others just gotta keep stepping up. They gotta keep doing what they're doing. Um, they're not they're, they're not doing anything wrong really. Um, I know with Tyler Hero potentially coming back game three, that might throw throw us off a bit of a rhythm. But I think the camaraderie of this team. And the the willingness to go get it, and the, they really believe that we can do this. Like him coming back won't won't deter or throw off any chemistry or anything. Because I saw some tweets last night. People were referring to that 09 Magic team. I can't remember who was coming back from injury to the finals, but they were saying that threw them off. That's why they lost to the Lakers. That's not about to happen this year. This is 2023. This is your Miami Heat. Okay, went from playing to NBA Finals. All right. We about to we about to change the narrative, all right? We gonna change we gonna flip the script on folks. So these boys they they gotta be locked in from 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 Jimmy Butler to Omir Yurtsevin to even you know 
because UD's in the mid- middle of all of that. So from Jimmy to Omir, these boys got to be locked in. They got to be locked in because we got a mission we want to accomplish, and it's going to take all 15 people, even if you're not getting no burn. You got to be locked in. Even even my boy Lockwood Highsmith, man, hey, that he surprised me these last this series for real with the PT he's been getting. Yeah, man. So you said a lot. I agree with a lot of it. Um, from the first point about Bam, for me, I think Bam is just going to have to be aggressive offensively because Jokic is just amazing, man. I think Bam is a great defender, but he can play good defense on Jokic, and Jokic still is going to get his, in my opinion. So I think you just can't you just can't have a situation where Jokic is 35, 15, and 9, and Bam is 12, uh, 9, and 3. You just can't have them get dominated like that. If, if Jokic is going to get his, Bam's got to be able to at least give you 22, you know, 11 and 5. At least make it respectable. But that's one thing I think is going to have to happen. He's going to need to find that mid-range shot, which is not consistent, but he needs to find it for, for a seven-game series potentially. Um, the Tyler Hero point, yeah, I think that they got to win one of these two first games because if he comes back in game three, I just don't think it means much. Uh, like you said, and then you don't know what it's going to look like chemistry-wise. You got to ingratiate him back into it. You know, will he kind of be playing limited minutes? Will he get his normal run? Uh, that's going to be an adjustment. It is. He's one of our better scorers. I would say the second-best scorer on the team. So, it's a lot of question marks with that. I also would come back and say Kyle Lowry is a guy that I've been critical of. I thought that when we signed him at $30 million, I think he was 35 when they signed him. I thought it was an awful signing uh, yep. because he's just too old. I mean, you don't see 35, 36, 37, 38-year-old point guards play at an elite level at six feet tall. You just don't see it. So I was not a fan of that move when it took place. Uh, however, they did it anyway. And uh, he's not been good in the playoffs. So I think he's going to have to find a way to show up for that series uh, offensively and defensively. Like you said, the shooters are going to have to continue to make shots. Caleb Martin, we can't afford for him to go cold. Uh, he's going to have to continue to bang on the boards, get you 8, 9, 10 rebounds. You, you're just going to have to play a perfect series because Denver is is still the more talented team. Uh, and they have pieces, I think, that fit together well when you talk about a guy like Aaron Gordon. I'm interested in seeing what that matchup is going to look like with him uh, potentially being on Jimmy. Uh, yeah. That's going to be a tough matchup for Jimmy Butler because Aaron Gordon is quick enough, he's big enough, he's strong enough. It, you know, he doesn't have any deficiency when it comes to that. So, it's going to be a good series, man. I, I'm just hoping uh, that Miami is able to shock the world. I, I don't see it. I got to be honest. I don't have as much confidence as you. Nowhere near. Uh, but I would. <laughs> but I would love to be. I would love to be wrong. Look, I, I'm not. I'm not one that thinks I'm always right. Uh, but in this game, having a podcast, I don't want to be biased either. I don't want to get on here and say, "Oh, Miami's gonna win in five, and I don't believe that just because I'm a Heat fan. No, that's not what I do. So, yeah. You know, if I'm wrong in this situation, I'd be very happy about it. But I just don't. I just don't think we have enough. I think it's time for Denver. Uh, you know, those core pieces have been through a lot. Uh, and I just, I just don't see it, man. I really don't. I think, um, what I think, so fan bias aside, um, this, I, and I said this in the second round when they were playing in, um, Phoenix, I said this year is Denver's this year and next year, these next two years will be, if Denver didn't win it this year, um, this, that would be their best years to like capture that, that championship. 
just because this team is built the right way around their stars and the depth and like the talent is just outworldly. Like they've been, they've been they've been number one or just like top three in the West like last like what three years, four years. So like their time was coming. You know what I'm saying? Like their time, like they was gonna get over that hump. And I think the additions of a KCP, a Bruce Brown, Jeff Green. Um, the acquisition of Aaron Gordon from when the last in between the last time they were at the Western Conference Finals, like those guys make a huge difference as well too, man. Like they they their their front office did their job. You know what I'm saying? Like the front office did what needed to be done um, to make sure and solidify. Like, hey, we got Joker, we got Murray. Mur- Joker's only getting older. Murray's only going to be getting older. So we need to take care. We need to take advantage of these guys in the prime now. And I don't think most front offices realize like they're their stars prime like right in front of them like it's it's in the now we need to win now not win later no win now because you want to win now yeah we'll worry about later when we get there but now we need to get there and i think that's what that front office did and i'll say this man i'm still going with my boys heat and six man i'm sorry gotta go with my boys i can't can't deter from them no matter what i just said heat and six baby Okay, well, we heard it uh, on the record. Uh, on to your Bruce Brown point, and then I'm gonna let you go. I I think that Bruce Brown is one of those role players that's underrated. Uh, he he's a guy that you need on any team that you want to be successful, uh, because he's unselfish. You know, he's not worried about how my, how many shots I'm getting up. Uh, his minutes, he's fine with playing 20 minutes. He's fine with playing 35 minutes. I just I love a guy like Bruce Brown. I really do think he's a, a quality piece on any team that wants to compete. And so they, like I said, they have a good roster, uh, and that rest could come, you know, in handy. Um, in game one, it's gonna be interesting to see is it rest or rust. Uh, but you know, because they didn't play, they haven't played since last Monday, so that's you know that's ten days. Uh, that's a long time. It is. It really is. So it's gonna be interesting, man. It really is gonna be good. Um, I do appreciate you for taking time to join the show. You know. Oh, yeah, man. It's not a problem, bro. I had I had to spin the block and come back and on the show, man. It's been too long. It's been way too long, so I had to come back, brother. Yes, sir. So, uh, like I said, I appreciate you for coming on, and uh, we'll be in touch. Yes, sir, man. Hey, those that's listening, Heat and Six, baby. We're going to shock the world once again. We've been shocking them all playoffs, baby. Okay. Y'all heard it. Heat and Six from Vonnie. That was Vonnie, not Chris. All right? All right, we're good. <laughs> All right, Viney. Take care, bro. All right, man. You too. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. All right. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, um, let's do this. We got 10 minutes left on the show. Let's hear about 90 seconds of a song. We're not going to play a full song. We're going to hear about 90 seconds of a song, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to close this thing out with a little bit of NFL talk uh, and WNBA. Y'all know I got to talk about my, my ladies in the WNBA. You're now tuned in to 105 Live. Hip hop and RB lives right, 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 right here. Can't stop, won't stop. Yeah. Can't stop, won't stop, never stop. Can't stop, won't stop, never. Can't stop, won't stop, bad boy. Always upgrading from my last one. I don't f on Risha Keisha and Joy. And I ain't tripping if you give me any joy. I was locked 23 and 1. Now I ball like 23 and 1. Sniper game, I'm always playing manhunt. I know one who killed the fool and what. Still got the fire in my eyes, but I changed though. Suck my dick.
Bitch, I'm too rich to drive a Range Rover. Well, I hate it, baby, but I remember stealing mangoes. Homicide better than my main. Homicide better than my main. Outside again, couple goons with me, we ain't hiding it. Brand new color, and that's what we sliding in. That little bitch, I proud of her, that pussy good, she proud of it. I can't fall in love, cause that money be my bottom. But she still suckin' and she swallow it. All these lame said he hate, cause my money be my problems. And we'll let these talk and we gon' silence him. Can't stop, won't stop, bad boy. Always upgrading from my last one. I don't f on Risha Keisha and Joy. And I ain't trippin' if you give me any joy. I was locked 23 and 1. Now I bought like 23 and 1 Sniper game, I'm always playing manhunt I'm the one who killed the fool and what? It might look light, but it's heavy like my Jesus Might rock a throwback like I'm fab with the chick too With me, baby, I got deli on and blunts too She text me where you at, I sent her Addy come through Now she in love with me, cause she ain't used to luxury Why would I hate on you, I do my thing comfortably I'm not the one, I'm not the two, you know it's C3 She brushing on my ways, talking about she need me, ooh Can't stop, won't stop, bad boy Always upgrading from my last one. I don't want Risha, Keisha, and Joy. And I ain't tripping if you give me any joy. I will All right, ladies and gentlemen. So we are back to close this thing out. We're going to talk NFL. Uh, we got DeAndre Hopkins, who is one of the better receivers, uh, especially in the last decade of football. Uh, he's a five-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro. And he was cut by the Arizona Cardinals last week. Uh, I'm not surprised by the move necessarily because – of his contract situation. Uh, and it's just a lot going on with that franchise. They're going to have some decisions they have to make. Uh, but with that being said, I want to pose the question, who is the best fit for DeAndre Hopkins going forward? What team should he sign with? You have guys like the Bills that want him, the Chiefs, uh, the Ravens. I, I've seen a lot of talk about the Panthers wanting him. So for me, it's just going to come down to what are you prioritizing for D-Hop? Are you prioritizing a chance for a championship? Or are you prioritizing the money? Because I believe that the Bills and the Chiefs give you a quality chance to win a championship, a Super Bowl. Uh, however, their money will not add up to places like the Panthers and other teams, what they can provide. So it's just going to come down to what he wants to prioritize. And for me, I think that DeAndre Hopkins has made a lot of money. Uh, I would sacrifice. I really would. I would sacrifice a couple mil uh, for a chance to win a Super Bowl. Because I don't think that's going to break him. I don't think it's going to make him or it's going to break him. Especially if he's been wise with his decision making. Uh, but only him and his family and his you know, accountant would know that. So, it's just going to come down to what he wants to do. We shall see. Uh, so, I want to talk a little bit about the best free agents remaining. Uh, you have some guys like Taylor Lewine, uh Leonard Floyd, Frank Clark, Ezekiel Elliott, and Jadavion Clowney who are remaining. Uh, all of those guys have accomplished things in the NFL. They are, you know, pro bowlers, uh, all pros. So, you know, with it being May, almost June, it's going to be interesting to see where they land. Um, and I would think that they would want to get on a team pretty soon because, you know, his time is moving, man. You got June, July, August. You, you basically two months away from preseason football. So time is moving. So we'll see what happens with those free agents. Uh, and to wrap the show up, you know we got to talk WNBA. Um, so what are some of the players that I've been most impressed by to start this season? 
Every time I'm doing this show, the train want to come. I, I just don't. <laughs> I just don't understand it. But that's one of those things you gotta you gotta overcome. So with the WNBA, you have. I want to give three or four players that's really impressed me so far this season. Only been two or three. Most teams have played between two and four games. But I want to start off with Jackie Young for the Las Vegas Aces. She's averaging 23 points a game, shooting 61.8% from the floor and 56.5% from three. That's elite efficiency. Uh, you know, and on that on that team with so many weapons, she's really finding her own and uh, and balling. So. Jackie Young has been very impressive to start the season. I'm interested in seeing if she'll be able to keep it up. Another person that has impressed me so far this season is Satu Sabali uh, for the Dallas Wings. She is a forward that dealt with injury last year. Um, so she was pretty much a reserve. She missed some games. But this year she's starting for that ball club. She's averaging 22 points per game in the first three games, 51% shooting, 41.7 from three. And she's also kicking in with 8.3 rebounds and 2.7 assists. So I've been impressed by Satu. I think that she can have a big year uh, now that she's healthy. And she talked about the fact that she gained about 8 pounds muscle. So she's, uh, you know, changed her body around and, and got stronger. So impressed by Satu as well. And if I wanted to give a third player that's impressed me so far this season. Hmm. I want to say Elena Deladine, but she's not really surprised me that much because I know what she represents. She's one of the better players in the game when she's healthy, and she started this season off healthy. So I'm going to ask you to go with Shakira Austin for the Washington Mystics. She's a uh, power forward slash center, averaging 14 points a game, 57.5% shooting, uh, and eight rebounds. So... I've been impressed by her offensively and defensively. She's got a high motor. Uh, she doesn't take a lot of plays off. And so those will be the three players that I'm most impressed by so far in this early part of this season. Uh, we know that there's a lot of games left to be played, so we'll be discussing further on each show. The Indiana Fever did end a 20-game losing streak going back to last season on s Sunday. So we need some uh, rounds of applause for them. Uh, you know, anytime you're... Losing 20, 20 games in a row, that's a pretty tough place to be in. But they did snap that losing streak, and uh, they won. So we'll see if they're able to compound on that tonight and get a second straight win. Uh, Indiana has a lot of young talent uh, from Aaliyah Boston uh, to Nelissa Smith. Uh, they have a lot of players that, you know, are able to give you some things. And uh, so, yeah, congratulations to Indiana on breaking that losing streak. Candace Parker. One of the greatest to ever do it. She's my favorite WNBA player. One of the first people that I started watching as a fan. Uh, Lisa Leslie first and then Candace Parker second. Um, she is now in the history books when it comes to the WNBA. She's the only player in WNBA history to record 6,000 plus points, 3,000 plus rebounds, 1,500 plus assists, 600 plus blocks, and 500 plus steals. So that's a complete player. That's somebody that's giving you production in all facets of the game. And uh, now at the age of 37, she's with the Aces, uh, you know, going to play a lot less minutes and, uh, you know, just look to be a leader on that team and, you know, help them uh, have a chance to repeat. So congratulations to Candace Parker on making history. Uh, great, great player. 
Uh, the last thing that we're going to do is we're going to, I'm going to give my brief prediction on the games tonight. Just going to give my, my winners. We have four games tonight on Tuesday, May the 30th. The Atlanta Dream will take on the Chicago Sky uh, at 7 p.m. I think the Atlanta Dream will win that game uh, fairly closely, maybe three to four points. Uh, the Indiana Fever will take on the Connecticut Sun at 7. Uh, Connecticut is the much better team, so that's going to be a tough matchup for Indiana. Uh I unfortunately for for the fever, I think they're losing their winning streak is gonna come to an end very quickly. Uh, I just think Connecticut's better, and I think they'll win that game between uh, eight and ten points. Uh, eight o'clock, you have the Dallas Wings taking on the Minnesota Lynx. I think that the Minnesota Lynx uh, won't have enough to deal with Dallas. I'm expecting Dallas to uh, win that game by three to five points. Uh, I just think they'll have too much talent for them in the end. Uh, Natasha Howard, I'm expecting her to have a pretty good game. Uh, and last but not least, at 9 p.m., you have on ESPN, regular TV, so you'll be able to tune in if you're a fan. Uh, the New York Liberty are taking on the Seattle Storm. Seattle Storm are the worst team in basketball, in my opinion. Uh, New York is one of the better. I think New York will dominate that game. They will, they, it won't surprise me at all if they win by 20 points. I think that Brianna Stewart going up against her old team is going to be looking to put on a show. Uh, 25 to 30 points, somewhere between 8 and 11 rebounds and 4 or 5 assists. And you could you could see her out of the game for the last 4 to 5 minutes. So those are my predictions for the games tonight. Uh, I appreciate everybody for taking the time to tune in to this week's show. Make sure that you all are tapped in with us on social media. Our Twitter account is Timeout Sports 3. Instagram is Timeout Sports with two underscores. And we can be found on Spotify and iTunes at Time Out Sports Podcast. Also, if you're a fan of the ladies in WNBA, make sure that you're watching the games that you can. Tweet about it, talk about it, and just help them get it out there, get their awareness up. And if you want to see some of the outfits that they wear, uh, make sure to follow my WNBA League Fits page at WNBA League Fits on Instagram and Fits underscore WNBA on Twitter. Again, I thank everybody for tuning in to another great show. We'll see you at the same time in the same place next week. Uh, stay encouraged over this next week and know that the only way you lose in life is if you quit. See Ruff is out. You're now tuned in to 105 Live. Hip-hop and R&B lives right, right, right here.